0: Wumen Kuan, Gateless Barrier, Case 1, Chao Cho's Dog. A monk asked Chao Has the dog Buddha nature or not? Chao Cho said, Mu. Women's comment For the practice of sin, it is imperative that you pass through the barrier set up by the ancestral teachers. For subtle realisation, it is of the utmost importance that you cut off the mind road. If you do not pass the barrier of the ancestors, if you do not cut off the mind road, then you are a ghost clinging to bushes and grasses. What is the barrier of the ancestral teachers? It is just this one word, Mu, the one barrier of our faith. We call it the gateless barrier of the Zen sect. When you pass through this barrier, you will not only interview Chacho intimately, you will walk hand in hand with all the ancestral teachers in the successive generations of our lineage, the hair of your eyebrows entangled with theirs, seeing with the same eyes, hearing with the same ears. Won't that be fulfilling? Is there anyone who would not want to pass this barrier? So then, make your whole body a mass of doubt and with your 360 bones and joints and your 84,000 hair follicles concentrate on this one word, moo. Day and night, keep digging into it. Don't consider it to be nothingness. Don't think in terms of has or has not. It is like swallowing a red hot iron ball. You try to vomit it out but you can't. Gradually you purify yourself Eliminating mistaken knowledge and attitudes you have held from the past Inside and outside become one And you are like a dumb person who has had a dream You know it for yourself alone Suddenly Mu breaks open The heavens are astonished The earth is shaken It is as though you have snatched the sword of General Kwan When you meet the Buddha, you kill the Buddha When you meet Bodhidharma, you kill Bodhidharma. At the very cliff edge of birth and death, you find the great freedom. In the six worlds and in the four modes of birth, you enjoy a samadhi of frolic and play. How then should you work with it? Exhaust all your life energy on this one word, "boo." If you do not falter, then it's done. A single spark lights your Dharma candle. Women's verse. Dog, Buddha nature, the perfect presentation of the whole. With a bit of has or has not, body is lost, life is lost. Please sit comfortably. One prepares the talk, and when one reads the commentary, one realises suddenly this is a daunting matter. A uh, uh, wonderfully daunting matter. Well, Chao-Chao, who, who answers the monk's question about does the dog have Buddha nature, um, we met him uh, in the uh, talk in the afternoon. Uh, he was just a young man of about 18 with his teacher, uh, Nan Chuan. And, uh, yeah, inquiring into the matter of what is the way. So here he is, he probably, this is probably 70 or 80 years on uh, from that. And uh, if you're interested in longevity, uh, he lived for 120 years. And if you're interested in longevity, Zen practice sounds like a good thing. I recently said to my partner, Antoinette, we're getting old. She replied, we're not old long. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you could say that Chow Chow was old for a long time. Old but forever young. He said on one occasion, it's good to use the 24 hours and not to be used by them. Chao Cho uh, used the 24 hours alright and watch out, he lived to be 120. So an official asked Chao Cho, Will the master go to hell or not? Chao Cho said, I entered hell long ago. The official said, uh, Why do you enter hell? Chao Cho said, If I don't enter hell, who will teach you? Chao met his teacher Nan Chuan, who we met earlier today when he was eighteen, and he spent the next forty years practicing with him. After Nan Chuan's death and the requisite period of mourning, Chao set off on pilgrimage visiting the great teachers of his time. Um, look, he was incredibly modest and he was always prepared to have a go. Um, and sometimes he came off um he came off worst. So he went to interview Lin Chi and when he arrived at Lin Chi's place, Lin Chi wasn't in the monastery, he was sitting out in the paddock um, washing his feet uh, in a pail of water. So Chao Chao approaches him and he says, (coughs) "Uh, why did Bodhidharma come from the west? Which is like a code question, what is Zen? Why did Bodhidharma come from the west? Lin Chi said, uh, come in a little closer and I'll tell you. Chacho approached closer and uh, said, uh, well, why did Bodhidharma come from the west? Lin she said, you want another bucket of dirty water tipped over you? So, why did Bodhidharma come from the west? Just step a little closer. <laughs> it's, it's very subtle. This is Lin Chi. Just step a little closer. Come on. At the age of 80, Chow Cho settled down to teach, saying that if I meet a 100-year-old person who seeks my guidance, I will teach that person. If I meet a 7-year-old child who can teach me, I will become an ardent disciple of that child. Chao Cho taught using a few quiet, simple words, often very low and very subtle. Actually, we might say that he was not teaching at all. It is said that a light played around his mouth as he spoke. So, Chow Chow asked a monk, how many sutras do you read in a day? The monk said, oh, sometimes seven or eight, sometimes ten. Chow Chow said, oh, then you can't read sutras. The monk said, Master, how many do you read in one day? Chao said, in one day I read one word. So what is today's word? Heavy downpour this afternoon, wasn't it? then Wallace said in response when I asked him this he said my words are not what I'm saying so so in this famous uh, case uh, before there was mu or wu in Chinese there was kan or barrier Uh, so monks were given this very very short incredibly short uh, one word, or even no word, in a way, uh, to work with um, for Khan. But uh, it was, Khan was very popular, just barrier, and that figures here as well. So this great Khan is familiarly known as the dog. A monastery might well have been a hard place for a dog. All that vegetarian food. But this dog stayed around at least long enough for the story. Although the dog is the occasion for the question, the monk is in reality asking on his own behalf. In this story there is a whiff of, um, is that miserable, if that miserable cur has Buddha nature, surely I must have it too, mustn't I? The monk had read in the sutras that all beings have the nature of the Buddha the mind of enlightenment what is Buddha nature what is the mind of enlightenment well it's dark cold this evening So when Chao Cho was asked, he answered "mu," which which means roughly uh, "does not have." Um, has con- connotations of no, not, nothingness. It's also like our prefix "un," which in uh, unnecessary, untidy, so it has a kind of negative inflection uh, to it. Um, the the literal doesn't matter really so much here. Um, We might see Chao Chao's brief response as cutting off the monk's myriad streams of deluded thinking but actually he is presenting Buddha nature right there with this one word barrier. Moo. Does a dog have Buddha nature or not? Moo. On another occasion when Chow Chow asked whether the dog had Buddha nature or not he answered, ooh, which means yes. <laughs> so don't get caught in yes, don't get caught in no. Okay, you've, got to, you've got to pass through that, uh, those portals. Uh, you have to let go of those opposing uh, notions of yes and no. Yeah, what is your true nature beyond yes, no. uh, Mu is like a stone brought up from the bottom of the ocean. All inscriptions are washed from it. It is utterly smooth. It is utterly bare of meaning. Yet still we ask, uh, what is Mu? Hmm. What is Mu? With opening to Moo, that experience is as fresh as this moment, and at the same time feels ancient. In Arthur Wells' words, with the experience of emptiness there is a sense of ancestral presence, and although you can't say how, your experience keeps grand company. Furthermore, and not only furthermore, in accord with Arthur's statement, we share this experience with those who've gone before us. Uh, Women Hui Kai, who lived from 1183 to 1260, uh, and that's his commentary, which uh, you hear that long commentary at the beginning, is Women's. And um, he wrote as head monk. Um, at the monastery, a collection called the Gateless uh, Barrier. And um, 48 Khans. he called them brickbats for the monks to bang against the barrier with. And he himself uh, worked with the Khan of Mu uh, for six years, um, he yeah, banging his head against the pillars of the temple um, in sheer uh, frustration. Um, yeah. and, uh, One day he heard the drum announcing the noon meal, and suddenly, like the Buddha seeing the morning star, he had a profound experience. Uh, his poem on that occasion reads: a thunderclap under the clear blue sky. All beings on earth open their eyes. Everything under heaven bows together. Mount Sumeru, the peak of wonder, uh, leaps up and dances. <laughs> yes, wonderful. And he was unconventional. Um, he let his hair and beard grow and wore old soiled clothes he worked in the field and carried his own shit and piss out into the fields Uh, he was called Huecai the lay monk Uh, lay monk in this case um, is probably not necessarily a term of respect from his monks, um, the Wu Men Quan is sometimes called the the boot camp of Zen, uh, but that does not do justice to what is a truly truly great book, um of the way. Um, yes, it's the hard work of the way, but um, it's full of the most glorious uh, poetry. Um, unbelievable humour and irony Um, yeah well I'm recommending Moo to you this is (laughs) with Moo after Moo is good so let go of ideas and preconceptions and set aside other matters to investigate this most essential one, whatever arises by way of an answer, let go of that too, and continue to ask what is mu. In terms of kāns, there are no correct answers to kāns; only living responses. People could say, "Have I got it right? Is this the correct answer?" Um, that's misleading. The notion of correct answer—only a living response. Persevere regardless, even and most especially when nothing appears to be happening. Breathing Moo helps to disperse thought and settles you into a more spacious place while asking what is Moo raises the vital spirit of inquiry. These go on like left foot going down, right foot going down. Breathing Moo does help to relax you, settle you um, and to, in some measure, can disperse thinking. Then, into that space, uh, you ask, What is Mo? What is Mo? You don't know, settle into that, not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know, don't know, what is Mo? What is it? Woman says, "For subtle realization, it is of the utmost importance that you cut off the mind road." This this point needs clarification. This does not mean that you have to cut off all thinking. Uh, it's impossible. Uh, sometimes the mind will empty itself, and uh, but as soon as you notice it, you are thinking, and it starts up all over again. This has got more to do with letting go of concepts, um, as uh, like, uh, how is my practice going? It's going well. Yes, I am feeling peaceful uh, at the moment. Um, oh, that was very, that was very wide open and serene. I wonder if that's realization. Hmm and on and on like that yeah yeah as I think I said the thought about realisation has it precisely the same weight as a thought about eggs for breakfast which is maybe a little abstract for Sissing but yeah it's precisely the same weight so not so much about making your mind entirely blank or anything like that. Just noticing concepts and letting go of them. Um, When you're practicing like that, uh, there's like this soft avalanche of opinions from the past that start to fall away behind you. Use the energy you have. Even when you are tired, still use the energy you have. Let go of judging your practice too. Am I getting it right? Useless question. Go on your nerve. There is no perfect way to practice either. We all thrash about. There's no royal road in that sense. when you are blocked just continue to ask what is Mu regardless this is a regardless practice talking of a regardless practice um, what is the sound of one hand this is the khan that Hakuin uh, used to give his students some would work on Mu some would work on what is the sound of one hand he said you know the sound of two palms what is the sound of a single palm? Yeah, this is not this. This is not about the hand making a sound. Okay, uh, it's easy to get the wrong inflection here. Um, you know, what is the sound of one rib? What is the sound of one eyelash? What is the sound of one hair follicle? Okay, this is a spirit. It's not a question of anything making a sound. Yeah. There's a little poem which bears on this. It's called The Instant. The instant that I lost my name, the land began to live again. A dinghy stranded in the mud rode the brown back of last night's rain. The instant that I lost my face, a pup broke loose to run unharmed through cattle bellowing up the road to Knuckle Mountain and to Thirsting Plains. A great sky roars within the ribcage, sings in the left hand. The rain, how it rains at last, running brown as my brown eyes, red as my red tongue. It's important not to seek outside of yourself. Uh, Dongshan said, "Earnestly avoid seeking without, lest it recede far from you." And if you read the story of Dongshan in Dongshan's record of his life, all the things that preoccupied him were, in a sense, outside. Um, uh, Do non-sentient beings teach the Dharma? Is a good example of this. Uh, but don't worry, trying to seek inside is very difficult too. So I recommend you let go of both of those notions. Don't seek outside, don't seek inside. Let go of inside, let go of outside. Is this inside or outside? uh, Hongzhe Zongshui writes, In silence and forgetful of words it vividly manifests. When seen clearly it is vast, when embodied lively. And he's talking about the depths of silent illumination practice here. But this is also the spirit of mood. I think it's good not to be, well, sectarian, with long sectarian history since then, but they overlap completely at this point. In silence and forgetful of words, it vividly manifests. When seen clearly, it is vast. And that vastness, when embodied, is lively. Walking about... Eating breakfast. I'm always coming back to eating breakfast, and breakfast is a great meal. It's my standard reference. (laughs) Possibly some of my problems can be traced to breakfast, I suspect. Um, Yeah, doing the ordinary things. Um, Meeting with friends. Going to a party. When embodied, lively. That vastness, when embodied, is lively. Isn't that a contradiction, talking about vastness being embodied and lively? Well, I, I think that heart mind is big enough to hold contraries, and in the way you live contraries as naturally as you breathe. Vast, Embodied? No problem at all. A woman in his great commentary on this uh, writes, Suddenly Mu breaks open. The heavens are astonished. The earth is shaken. It is as though you have snatched the sword of General Quan. When you meet the Buddha, you kill the Buddha. When you meet Bodhidharma, you kill Bodhidharma. Look, um, <laughs> sounds like some form of regicide or something. But look, when, when you meet Bodhidharma, when you meet the Buddha, when you meet Bodhidharma, um, you, they, are, they are part of your vastness, if you will. They disappear in, as that vastness. That is what is meant um, here. Sometimes it's you who disappears, sometimes it's them. Uh, Again, it is the way it's infinitely flexible around this. Sometimes it's entirely the embodied. Uh, Everything disappears. Sometimes it's entirely the vastness. And you you live those uh, apparent oppositions. Uh, yes, and in that very spirit, at the very cliff edge of birth and death, you find the great freedom. Uh, I think it was Yamada said, yeah, uh, playfully setting up subject and object in a world where with no subject and object. So like a child on the old image of a child playing uh, chess, um, playfully moving the pieces around for Yamada setting up self and other in a world of no self and other in the spirit of play in the six worlds and the four modes of birth you enjoy a samadhi of frolic and play how then should you work with it? exhaust all your life energy on this one word Move. if you do not falter then it's done if you're faltering that's okay too don't worry if you are faltering You come up to the gate a thousand times and under cover of night, when you least expect it, you go through. If you do not falter, then it's done. A single spark lights your Dharma candle.